0: hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the beef up front podcast this is your host ryan Coyle, back with some more nba draft coverage today as we get closer and closer to july 29th expect us to keep cranking out some more episodes to make sure you guys are all locked in and ready for for draft night a very good draft this year a lot of the experts are saying one of the deeper drafts in recent memory uh, and especially in the top five that there is a lot of love for these top five prospects in this year's draft my top five might be a little different than everyone else's uh, but that's the beauty of it kind of everyone being able to express their opinion their thoughts and then uh, going back and evaluating it over the years and seeing who is right and who is wrong today i'll be doing my top 10 prospects for this draft Um, next episode i'll be doing 11 through 20 and then the last uh, prospect rankings, I'll be doing 21 through 30 uh, And expect a few more episodes in between Maybe some some more mock drafts and, and potentially some other NBA draft related episodes But today I'll be doing my prospects 1 through 10 uh, And bringing down the top 10 guys I believe In this upcoming NBA draft So first we're going to start it off With the clear cut number 1 prospect Pretty sure you look at 100 draft boards 99 of them will have Cade Cunningham as the number one guy, as do I. Um, he's a guard, six foot eight, point guard. Really, uh, a really good ball hand- ball handler, primary ball handler, creator. Um, standing at six eight, so obviously that's a unique size for that kind of position. Comes out of Oklahoma State after his freshman year, the best freshman in the country last year. Uh, just a big time playmaker with the ball in his hands. Great vision, can really make all the reads off the the pick and roll. Uh, can pass and transition, can drive to the hoop and kick out to open shooters, can do really everything you want on the offensive end. Um, an improved shooter, wasn't that great of a shooter apparently in high school, but he really improved and he showed the ability to knock down the three ball last year, both off the dribble and off the catch. Um, his shot-making ability was something that really stood out to me. As I said in my mock draft episode, I found myself watching Oklahoma State a lot last year. They were one of the teams that was really on TV uh, the most, and that was really – particularly because of Cade and what he brought to the table every night and, and the eyeballs that he brought to the screen. And he was just a, a superb player and really stuck out to me. I probably watched 10 to 15 of their games last year. Um, and, and just as the year went on, you kind of saw him progress. Uh, has a great IQ, uh, needs to work on taking better care of the ball, turns it over a little bit too much. Um, and he's not the most elite athlete. If you had two things to nitpick about him, those are the two things but he's a really clutch player. You notice he always had the ball in his hands late down the stretch. I uh, can start off slow sometimes and kind of walk through the first half, but he really turns it on the second half. He's going to have to improve that motor and, and consistency throughout the whole game, I think, at the next level as well. Could be suited better as a secondary playmaker, a guy who focuses maybe on scoring more and, and creating second. Um, he, he has that size at six eight where he could play the two guard if needed. Um, continue to improve that offensive game um, and just all his different assortment of moves and ways to attack the basket and score from all levels. And that's just going to give him more options, whether he uh, becomes a long-term point guard or, or if he becomes like a secondary creator, uh, a guy who can maybe if a true point guard steps out of the lineup, uh, then he becomes the point guard steps in. So I really love cutting him. I think he's going to be a perennial all-star in this league. Um, just super high on him, and where he goes from here, I think obviously the Pistons at one, I think, will be taking him. Um, they have Killian Hayes there already, He so that's where a situation where Cunningham could play off the ball as well. But I really love him as a prospect. I think he's a clear-cut number one guy in this draft. Number two, we're going to go with Jalen Greed, uh, the 6'6 guard. Um, was going to go, at, I believe, to Auburn last year, but he winds up going to the G League Ignite. Uh, and he was their best player this year in the first year of that program. Uh, just a really shifty, explosive guard, very athletic, um, has the ability to get downhill uh, in an assortment of ways and, and get to the hoop. Um, a high level scorer. That's what his trademark is kind of he's going to be a bucket getter at the next level. Uh, just watching him um, and just everything I've heard about him and read about him, uh, his description really kind of reminds me of what they were saying about Anthony Edwards coming out last year, where He's a, a just a elite level kind of scorer, a guy who you could see average in over twenty points per game at the next level. Um, but he does still have some flaws to his game. His motor on the defensive end has been questioned, but he really has the the all the tools and the attributes I think to become a high level defender if he sets his mind to it. Um, and we really saw Anthony Edwards really play well down the stretch last year, and uh, over really the second half of the season, he really emerged. Uh, had a good argument to be the rookie of the year, but he looked. Um, like a, like a really high-level player there with the Timberwolves last year. And just kind of everything about I've read and heard about Jalen Green, as I said, reminds me of Anthony Edwards. So can finish through through the through contact in the lane. Um, an improving perimeter shot, that's something that needs to prove a little. But he's a guy who already has an established pull-up. Um, his ability to – impact a game in transition as well with his athleticism i think is going to be a big tool if he has that motor running he's going to be a guy who is able to run the floor uh, get some easy outlet passes and buckets that way as well um as i said he's got the athleticism and tools to be a high level defender he just has to engage himself more on that end of the floor from everything i've heard the it's all it's all kind of mental um or, or just the overall want to play some defense kind of just tuning out that, that side of the floor at times. He he could emerge as a, uh, as a really high-level defender if he set his mind to it, I think. Number three overall prospect, got Jalen Suggs, a 6'3 freshman guard out of Gonzaga. Uh, really nice size and frame for a lead guard. Can play either the one or the two, but he's a guy who really likes the ball, to have the ball in his hands as well, like Cunningham. Um, so I, I think I'm going to slot him in as a point guard going forward. I think that's where he's best suited. Uh, a very tough kid. If you watch Gonzaga this year, you always heard that he was big-time football player out of Minnesota as well. Could have played high-level D1 football. So you see that when you watch him play, just that football background, that toughness. Um, another kid who's a playmaker um, with some superb passing skills. He had that amazing one-hand bounce pass, like almost full court in the NCAA tournament. That really stuck out. Um, he's a he's a guy who knows how to make those around him better. Not afraid of anything. Not afraid of the moment. Uh, another kid with a relentless motor. You you just love to see that. Make sure that these kids are always out there playing hard. Uh, and, and when they have that talent, you know that they're eventually going to come around uh, and figure it out at the next level as well. Um, needs to improve his outside shot, a bit of a streaky outside shooter, but he really has that work ethic and motor, I, I think, to do that. Uh, and needs to hi- tighten up that handle a little bit. He he can get a bit loose with the bolts at times, uh, and his decision-making struggles at times as well. But he's the kid that you're willing to bet on natural ability uh, toughness love for the game uh, work ethic to improve i wouldn't be surprised if he winds up being the best player out of this draft when it's all said and done uh, and i like his defensibility as well with his iq uh, and just his relentless motor on both ends of the floor i think he has a chance to be one of the top steals guys be a real steals artist at the next level um, he, he can pick guys pockets and jump passing and lands as well number four overall prospect um, if you're listening, you probably are, are still waiting to, to hear Evan Mobley. He's kind of a consensus top three guy, and and he's not even my fourth guy, actually. My fourth guy is Scotty Barnes, a 6'9 forward out of Florida State, another one-and-done prospect. Everything I hear about this guy, read about this guy, and, and just kind of watch the way he plays, uh, besides maybe shooting a little bit more, is of Ben Simmons. Um, a 6'9 athletic forward who plays a lot of point guard, uh, best defender on that Florida State team last year probably, can pick up guys full court, uh, a really good athlete, uh, like a 6'9 point forward type of player. As we know, Simmons plays point guard for the Sixers, but probably best suited as a point forward, and that's what I think Barnes will kind of be at the next level as well. Um, Just a very athletic uh, body already, NBA-level body, big, like broad shoulders, already filled out, going to continue to hit the weight room, just get stronger. He's not a guy who desperately needs to hit the weight room He's going to struggle with the physicality at the next level. He's already got that uh, established. Good length as well. He's got a guy who can be disruptive on defense. Um, Not a great three-point and free-throw shooter. But watching him shoot the ball, he's got good form and a nice shot uh, uh, with some good mechanics, like a real clean stroke. With that improved – with a hard – Work ethic, uh, that's really something I think that can improve. Um, I think he shot 29% or 27% around there last year at Florida State. If he's a guy who can get up to around like 35%, uh, he he has real all-star potential, I think. But a guy who, like Suggs I was talking about, plays with a super high motor at all times, um, apparently is one of the the better kids you'll ever come around. Just a really nice guy who who really loves the game and is going to have that good work ethic. Um He's a, he's a player I think can play in the league for a decade Plus without a jump shot uh, Make a bunch of millions of dollars But if he finds a way to shoot that Jump shot from three-point line Around 35% and be like a consistent Like 70% 75% shooter from the free throw line uh, He's he's a guy who I think can be an all-star Just with his ability to affect the game In so many ways at that size Now is where we'll it In Evan Mobley As my fifth-ranked prospect uh, He's a seven foot center out of usc Uh, i'm just not uh, another one and done guy i'm just not the biggest mobley fan uh, to be honest Um, definitely an intriguing high level prospect don't get me wrong there Um, but those four guys ahead of him i think all are kind of playing more important positions in today's age uh, and that's why i think that they're more valuable prospects going forward Um, just because big men. Are, are just not that important in the NBA these days. We see this all the time. Uh, and you can argue that some of the, the best in the in the league are big men, some of the best players. Nikola Jokic just won the MVP. Uh, Joel Embiid had an MVP caliber season for the Sixers. Anthony Davis has been a dominant force in the league for almost a decade now. Um, but the first two with Embiid and Jokic have really ever struggled to do much damage in the playoffs. So that's always been the Sixers' Achilles heel, I think not having that closer at the end of the game uh, to take over because it's really hard for to get something going on the post with a big man. And, and a guy like Nikola Jokic as well, he made it to the conference finals, I believe that was the furthest he's made it. I just don't think with your best player being a big man uh, that you can really do much. Um, as we saw with Anthony Davis, he really struggled to do anything uh, until he got paired up with LeBron. So, and, and he's a guy that these big men are usually frequently hurt uh, missing games. Jokic is kind of a, a rarity. He's always healthy, to see, it seems like, but Embiid and AD are constantly banged up, and Mobley's kind of got that slight frame where it kind of worries me as well, but when you look past that, still has a lot of uh, intriguing tools and potential, um, an ideal physical profile for, for the big man in today's age at seven foot with great mobility, uh, great length as well, I saw a few times just his ability to close out on shooters and, and really alter their shot or block their shot, even getting out from the block on the three point line. Uh, that's just something you can't teach. That's just raw natural ability. Has the ability to step out and shoot. We saw that a bit. Uh, he can handle the rock, grab the rebound, uh, and bring it up the floor. Uh, a guy who projects as a really high level rim protector, but he needs to add strength. That's another thing I'm worried about. He's got a really slight frame. Uh, if he can, he really needs to. Add some weight because if if he gets matched up on the block against a guy like Anthony Davis, uh, Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, any of them, uh, they're really going to just bully him right into the the rim. So that's something I'm kind of worried about for him. Um, But I don't think he is just a a better prospect than those top four guys. Uh, Many believe that he's the number two. Um, I'm just not as high on Mobley as everyone else. Uh, Certainly intriguing. Certainly has has a lot of potential. Certainly a high-level prospect. In most of these other drafts, he might be two or three in my book, but I think that top four is a really good group. I pre—I think they all can be all-star type players. Um, Scotty Barnes is a guy who's really kind of risen uh, up these experts and, and mock drafts, uh, rankings, and analysis. So he's a guy that I've kind of locked in more on, and I'm liking him more as well. Um, and those three guards in Cunningham, Green, and Suggs, I'm super high on as well. So. Um, I think those four guy, top four guys are going to be all-stars. Uh, these next guys, uh, I'm kind of banking on it as more of just uh, high-level starters, uh, maybe an occasional all-star game or two. Uh, but Mobley, I think he's going to be a solid player at the next level, but I don't think he's a transcendent big man or, or a top-flight big man as some of the scouts and analysts are projecting him as. My sixth overall prospect is Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, forward, six foot eight, out of the G League Ignite, uh, I believe originally from the Congo. Um, he was the number one prospect for the 2021 class, but he actually, so he would be going into his freshman year this year of college, or for his freshman year of professional ball. But he reclassified and went up and played with the G League Ignite this year. Um, he's a broad shoulder, six uh, eight wing, uh, in- imposing pro- NBA body already. Um, just the ideal frame for, for a wing in, in today's age. 6'8", 225 pounds, uh, an NBA body already, as I said. At his best when he's attacking the rim and going downhill, that's where that's where you like to see him. Um, can be a, a lockdown defender type of guy. Is a 3 and D type of prospect, but who needs to sh- be able to shoot the three ball uh, a lot better, though, to be considered like a, a top-level 3 and D type of guy. Uh, he's really young, though. He's only going to be 19 when the season starts, so he's a guy who has room to grow. Um, if you're a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think you really would really like to have a guy like Jonathan Kaminga fall in your hands or or like the Orlando Magic. Teams who are in clear rebuild uh, and have some good draft assets over the next few years, and he can take his time developing with you guys. Um, Has a year of professional ball under his belt already against uh, NBA-type competition, playing in that G League Ignite. Grown men. he he really showed he's able to hold his own physically, uh, and and that's something that we would – that we really expected with this guy, um, just his ability to attack the rim, use that frame. That that's something that a lot of the people uh, in, in NBA front offices, I think, are going to like. Um, when he's attacking the ball, attacking the rim with with the ball in his hands, uh, that's where he's at his best. Um, just a natural, explosive athlete uh, with potential and room to grow. Um, not much of a factor with, off the ball right now, though, or for or creating for others. Um, He's not. He's not a guy you're gonna want to drive and kick, sh- drive and kick out, and, and c- count on him to make a corner three for you. That's just not who he is right now. He could be that in time, but kind of watching him and, and just comparing all my notes on him, he kind of reminds me of like an Andre Igadala type, who is not a very great outside shooter, but he improved his shot as his career went on. If Kaminga turns into an Igadala type, who's a guy who a lockdown defender for years. Um, very athletic, good at getting to the rim, impacts the game in transition. Uh, I think a lot of teams would sign up for that if you can, if they can get him in, in the top five or six picks. My number seven prospect, Davion Mitchell, uh, Garb, six foot, six foot one, six foot two, somewhere in that range out of Baylor, probably more like six foot six one, but they got him listed at six two on ESPN. Um, he's a player who, as the year went on, uh, and he he just continued to grow and improve his game. Um, each and every night, it seemed like a super explosive player. Uh, really loved his first step. Shot the ball really well as the season went on. Uh, can get to the rim. I believe he shot 43% from three last year, but he wasn't that good his previous few years of college. But he really had a good year last year. And that shows a, a really good work ethic and just a desire to get better. Uh, that's the type of kid and player he is. Um, I think he's the best all on-ball def- defender in the draft. Um, can pick up full court and really knows how to take teams out of their rhythm uh, on their offensive sets. So he's going to be a guy who's a, a pest on defense, but he actually also has the ability to score the ball. Um, just I remember watching him in the tournament. The biggest thing is that that super explosive first step and his ability to get by guys, get them on his hip, and, and take him to the hoop. Uh, going to be 23 year old. 23 years old by this time the season starts. So uh, probably he is what he is at this point. Um, not that much more room to grow into potential but his improvement over the past few years has been substantial and he's a guy who can step in uh, and have a day one impact friend uh, on, for on espn said it in the one game that they call him off night because every time he plays the opponent the, their lead guard seems to have an off night so that's just a, a great nickname and just kind of goes into the type of player he is um, number eight i'm going to rank Mo- moses moody there six six guard out of arkansas um, really good height and length for a two guard, uh, with an ability to score the ball at a high level. Um, he's a player I'm super high on. Most people are going to have him between 12 and 15, I think. Um, and here I slot him in at eight. Um, got a seven one wingspan for a six, six shooting guard. That length is really good. Um, and, and gives me good reason to believe that he's going to be a, a high level three and D prospect one day shot 36% from deep and 81% from the line, which is very solid. Um, when those two numbers kind of go hand-in-hand hand like that, that proves that he's a, a really solid shooter. He's not a great shooter, but he's a really solid shooter. But he also ha- has a unique ability to score the ball uh, in other ways. He's, he's a crafty guy with the ball in his hands. Um, I think if he gets with a good team who, who has like a nice developmental program, maybe like uh, this team's already kind of guard and wing-heavy, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. But if he gets with a team who has a a track record of knowing how to develop guys at a high level like that, um, I think that's really going to help him, where he figures out how to just continue to score the ball in, in a multitude of ways and just being a really good all-around offensive player. Because uh, with that height at six six, probably playing like a two guard could play the three as well. But also with that great length, I think that's going to give him the ability to score in the in the low post and the mid post and, and have a, a big impact on the game from multiple spots on, on the offensive end of the floor. So. Uh, I really like that about him, and I think he's a guy worth betting on. Uh, trying to find a way to develop, maybe a team like Indiana uh, under Rick Carlisle could use a guy like him. Um, even like the like the Warriors, maybe they're picking at seven. I believe this is a guy I think they should look at, bring him off the bench behind Stephen Clay. Um, hopefully, he develops into a, a bit of a better defender, but you can have him guard some wings uh, and also. Is going to be able to score at, at, at ISO sets. I believe. I, I really like what Moses Moody brings to the table. Um, I think he has a chance to be a very good three and D player. Uh, in my opinion, worst case scenario for him, he's a guy who comes off the bench for you and scores the rock for a decade around ten to twelve points a game. Uh, that's somebody each and every uh, high quality team needs. So, my number nine player, James Booknight, guard, six foot five guard out of UConn. Uh, another guy kind of like Moody, a high level scorer. Um, solid size at six foot five for the two guard, but he only shot 29% from three last year, but I think he's a better shooter than that. He showed it as pro day, the ability to really shoot the ball. Um, at UConn, he didn't really have much around him. He was kind of the, the main focal point for, for teams to like key on, and that really limited his open looks. Um, at, at the next level, he's not going to be the clear-cut best player on his team. He's going to be a, a solid rotational role player type guy. So he's going to have some more open looks, and I think that'll help improve his percentages as well. Um, can score uh, in ISO situations, get into the rim, uh, and in, in the mid range as well. Um, I think he needs to become a better catch-and-shoot guy uh, and off the dribble from three, uh, as I said, with that 29%. I think his just raw ability to score, uh, those numbers will, will continue to rise. And if he gets with a good team with an established point guard uh, and, and some other high-level scorers, that, that are going to free him up a bit. I think that would be a, a big plus for him as well. Um, watching him, he, he's not the best athlete, not the most elite type of guy. He's not going to be running down the lane, throwing down on guys, uh, but but he knows how to just play the game. He, he's a smart basketball player. He, he just has a, that raw natural scoring ability and basketball IQ uh, that's going to allow him to get buckets in the NBA. Um, the big thing with him, though, that I really love about him, he just really showed how valuable he is to a team and what he can bring day in and day out. Uh, When UConn had him on the floor, they were one of the top 15 to 20 teams in the country. Uh, But without him, they really struggled and and really uh, hit a wall, uh, I think, in their their season without him. So James Booknight, just a a really valuable player. Uh, And and we saw that throughout college basketball last year. And and I think that's a a very important thing when, when kind of evaluating prospects, really how valuable are they to a team. Any guy can go out there, score 25, Points a night, but if his team's if his team's struggling to win, even when he's doing that, really, how important is he to a team? I, I know that kind of sounds stupid, but I think players um, being available and, and on the floor uh, and what they bring to a team and how the team looks at full strength with this guy in the line is, is something really important when it comes to evaluating players. Um, I, I don't know how many how many NBA scouts feel about that, but That's something that I always look at with these players. I mean, Davion Mitchell, you just saw the leap that Baylor took this year uh, with the way that when he was on the floor um, and what he did to improve over the past year. They go from, you know, a solid Big 12 team over the past few years. Um, They had the potential to be a Final Four team the year before with COVID, but then he really turns it on this year, and they take down an undefeated Gonzaga team. Uh, Cade Cunningham, another guy. Oklahoma State's a a middle-of-the-water team without him. but he elevates everyone around his play. And I think that's kind of what book did as well. I uh, just, just proved to be a, a really valuable player for UConn. Uh, and I really think that was a, a really important part uh, of his evaluation. Um, and then my number 10 prospect, our last prospect for tonight will be Corey Kispert, a six foot seven guard out of Gonzaga. I don't know if that's legit, probably more like a six, five, six, six, um, but the best shooter in this year's draft shot 48% from three last season. Um, Tested as a better athlete at the combine than given credit for. So he, I mean, we thought he wasn't that high of a high level athlete, kind of just a, a spot up shooter guy, come off, come off screens, knock it down. But he actually showed, uh, some, some high, high quality athletic traits. Uh, and I think that might've boosted his stock a little because that'll give some teams some more confidence that athletically he, he can match up on the defensive end, uh, and maybe even get by some guys with the dribble, not just going to be, uh, a, a standstill shooter at the next level. Um, is a guy who I think is going to know his role uh, and will really excel in it. Uh, he reminds me of a Joe Harris, uh, just a guy who's going to know his role. As I said, uh, be able to knock down shots in a multitude of ways. He gets—he's another guy gets on a team like the Warriors, who have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. All the attention is going to be on them on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, he's a guy will make you pay, just kind of like Harris did, who struggled in the playoffs a bit, um, especially in that round versus the Bucks. But when all the attention was on. When those three guys, uh, Irving, Durant, and uh, Harden were all on the floor at the same time, uh, teams are obviously going to key on him. That freed up Joe Harris. This is uh, Corey Kispert's a guy like that, I think. Um, another guy kind of reminds me of is like a Bogdanovich for for the Hawks. Everyone was kind of keen on Trey Young. Uh, Bogdanovich really was able to have a, a really good series there against the Sixers. So um, Needs to be a high-level shooter in, in the league to stick and show the ability to play some type, type of defense, but... Uh, He doesn't really offer much value outside of that, but I think just his ability to shoot the ball 48% from three last season is superb. Um, Teams are going to be craving that. So that'll do it for my top 10 prospects for the 2021 NBA draft. Uh, Like I said, we'll be doing another one with 11 through 20 and then another one, 21 through 30 uh, at least one, maybe two more mock drafts uh, and maybe a few more episodes uh, to get, get you guys some more content, but thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll talk soon.